Hey, are you hiring? If you answered yes, let Zentegra Staffing help staff your IT people needs. Head over to Zentegra.com forward slash Zentegra Staffing to find out more. Zentegra Staffing, we can staff your IT people needs. Welcome to another edition of the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton, your source for all things Citrix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 54 of the Citrix Session. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. Uh, I've got with me a couple guys today. Um, Trevor Mansell, who's the CIO of Zintegra Connect, which is our um, support and managed services and hosting business that works with our clients that you know get, get a little more strategic with us and want us to play an active role in, in managing their, um, their IT environments, specifically around Citrix. That's what we're you know, known for. Um, but uh, we can do a lot more than that. Trevor, how's it going? That's great. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. So, Trevor, this podcast today around NVIDIA and optimizing Citrix workloads to work with NVIDIA, that's something that uh, you and your team have been doing a lot with recently, right? We have. I mean, I think this has been kind of the topic of the uh, of the quarter or the, or the year almost. So, uh, yeah, we, it's definitely something that we've... Uh, We've been kind of in the middle of, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's obviously something that we've been doing for, from a Citrix point of view for a long time, but I think it's, uh, it's kind of turned a new corner and has, has new motivations behind it. So yeah, it's, uh, a lot of, a lot of good stuff there though, for sure. Well, before we dig in too deep, we also have with us our weekly guest host and Ben Rogers. Ben's a local uh, sales engineer for Citrix here in the Charlotte area. Ben, how's it going? Good, Andy. Always, always a pleasure to be here. And we were talking before the podcast, uh, you and Trevor both, about uh, you know just getting through the Thanksgiving holiday and getting back to work and trying to close out the year and continue to do these podcasts and you know give people more insight into what we're what we're talking about behind the scenes. <laughs> So uh, with that, let's jump into, there's a, a blog, I don't have the author, it was written by a group of people. Uh, the, the title of the blog is uh, NVIDIA and Citrix, Optimizing Remote Work for Digital Workspaces. Uh, Zintegra is eight years old. Uh, this conversation around um, adding graphics, um, virtual or physical hardware to your virtual desktop and virtual app computing has been around longer than that. And I remember one of the first things we did at Zintegra is we grabbed a, a server and threw some graphics cards in it and recorded some videos of using virtual desktop solutions from, from an airplane you know, while flying somewhere. And that was exciting and fun. And you can still find that if you just Google Citrix on a plane, you'll probably find those recordings from eight years ago or so. But it's an interesting topic because, first of all, I'll say one of the things I say all the time um, when I have this conversation. We're, we're trying, in the world of virtual desktop computing, we're trying to replace what normally would have gone from a graphics card, either a dedicated one or a system integrated one, uh, to the monitor over that little bitty cable. We're putting that on the network now, and that creates all kinds of overhead and latency and things that have to be addressed. Or, or do they have to be addressed? In some cases, that's uh, what well, has to be addressed, but in some cases, we do that by uh, power and magic in the protocols. In some cases, we need to add a little more horsepower around graphics processing, and, and that's become even more 
uh, important this year when more and more and more people are working remote and they're going to expect that user experience to be as good as it possibly can be. So I think with that, let's jump into, Trevor, why is 2020 and the pandemic and remote workers driving your team to investigate more what NVIDIA is doing to optimize this virtual compute experience? Yeah, I think you've got two two main groups of people, right? You've got the people that were already deploying remote, like a remote desktop app type solution. Um, and they now, you know, are sent everybody home. And so that solution became, you know, increasingly more important to that organization, right? And so with that, they're, they, everybody, more eyes are on the solution. Um, they're wanting to do more with it typically. So one of the big things is, right, you know, Microsoft Teams, Slack, you know, a lot, a lot of the collaboration stuff um, right in the middle of that. And um, so there's that, that group that's driving, you know, they're, they're taking second looks at, yeah, I knew we could do, do some of this, but I really didn't, you know, want to, whether it was they thought they were going to have to spend a whole lot more money or they, you know, it really wasn't, you know, high on their priority. Um, then you've got, you know, companies that are, hey, they weren't r really doing much of remote computing. Maybe they were kind of a, doing everything through v remote, you know, through VPN. And now they're they're looking at they're looking at security. They're looking at all the things that, you know, will drive you to a, to a Citrix solution and or similar. And um, and hey, who doesn't, you know, who isn't deploying a, you know, collab type solution with video in it right now, you know, and um, it, it gets really, you know, if you want a co cohesive workspace, I mean, this, this is really that last thing that, you know, everybody has struggled with or um, is struggling with. So, yeah, it's a lot, and, and there's a lot of reasons why, and they haven't all gone away, but. So, Trevor, typically Definitely. when we talk about uh, you know, virtual desktop computing and virtual app computing, we, we have three categories for users. We have task workers, we have knowledge workers, uh, and then we have power users. I, I think for this conversation, right, the, the task worker, it's questionable whether they really need the power of graphics processing, uh, but it can't hurt. I mean, just Windows 10 and Office all by themselves can, can benefit from it. Uh, but then when you get to that knowledge worker and then that power user, these conversations become almost imperative to at least have, whether or not you use it or not, it's a whole other conversation, but you at least have to have the conversation. And I think what you're pointing out is a lot of companies ran into that, ran right into that when they started trying to have a completely remote workforce or a, a workforce that was remote a big percentage of the time, right? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I think, I mean, you, we've all, we've been around for a while. I mean, the, the biggest, the use case for this in the past has really been around 3D, gra you know, 3D graphic applications, um, you know, the engineers and, and things like that, but designers. Um, but I, that's not really, you know, that's not necessarily the driver, of, you know, what we're talking about today. It's that it's kind of the, the average user that wants to watch watch video in their workspace, you know, and or collaborate with other, you know, other people on their team. And that, that's really that that use case is is the one that is kind of. Yeah, has been been neglected, I guess. You know, I, I think most people, a lot of customers are just like, well, if you want to go watch video, go, you know, you're going to have to get outside your de your virtual desktop and, and do a local. Yeah. And that's just not, not really cutting it anymore for, 
or anything beyond the, the task worker, like you said. I, I, I do want to clarify one thing here, and this is where I was confused when I first got into the space 10 years ago, and that is this doesn't necessarily make the protocol that's delivering the solution a lot better. It does. But the real win here is what happens inside that virtual desktop workload where we're not having to use virtual um, hardware to, to offload these capabilities. We're able to do that. We're not having to use the the the, v, the CPU, the vCPU, and memory as much as we would if we can actually offload that to some type of physical or virtual dedicated gear, so that the it frees up resources in the virtual app or desktop server to do its job, uh, and that's what really benefits the end user is that uh, extra horsepower. It's almost like uh, taking a, a standard V6 engine and throwing a, uh, a turbocharger on it. You would have got where you were going with the standard V6, but having that turbocharger when you need to climb a hill or pull something or pass, that's when that extra you know, com- compute power shows up and becomes necessary. But, but you can't do that you know, on the spur of the moment. You've got to plan for it. Uh, just like, you know, a, a turbocharged car, uh, you've you got to get that in there from day one and plan around it, uh, knowing that it might not be used all the time, but when it is needed, it's needed. Yeah, no. Hey, Trevor, uh, I, Trevor I have a question for you. <clears throat> you said you've seen a big uptick with this since the pandemic and companies trying to get to remote uh, work from home. Have you seen a particular industry that has invested in this more than others? Could you kind of break it down for us as far as industries and industry demands on this type of technology? Yeah, I, it's a little bit across the board because, you know, we're, we're going into it, but it, I think you can follow the money a little bit too. Um, I think the people that have, you know, any anything in the more regulated areas are going to, you know, have, have a little bit bigger budgets. And um, but to be honest with you, I mean, when you're, it's become um, such a problem, you know, to it, it really kind of we're looking, we're seeing customers in manufacturing, which traditionally aren't, you know, don't have the largest IT budgets, and we're seeing them. You know, you know, banks, you know, banks are like, uh, we're seeing a lot in the finance and the banking area right now. That's that's definitely a, a one that I think stands out more than others, for sure. See, like for me today, when I started reading this blog, the first thing that kind of came to my mind is education. You know, I've talked to a lot of universities that have these labs and now they don't have students at the university. And so they're trying to figure out how they, how can they leverage these labs, you know, or deliver the content of these labs through a remote session. So we've heard it a lot there. And then I would also think that healthcare uh, would be a driver for this, particularly with COVID. And you now have a lot of, you know, primary care physicians that are moving to telemedicine and the demands of doing telemedicine on the machines and, you know, trying to virtualize that load. So. It, it'll be interesting to me to see over the next year, as we do move to a more, you know, remote workforce, uh, how industries will invest in this type of technology. Yeah, for sure. But, hey, I mean, think about if you start digging into it, you realize that, um, I mean, I, I think there there is obviously there is a cost, but there's offset to that cost as well. I don't I think some people don't realize is if you're just in your standard desktop, whether it's the ribbon in your office, you know, 
your, your office apps or it's the, you know, the Windows 10, um, you know, some of the Windows 10 features, uh, they use, you know, they use GPU. And if you're not, if you don't have a GPU, they're using, you know, your, your CPU to, to do that in software. And so there's overhead for that. So right out of the gate, you know, if you architect it right, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get a payback, you know, and, and be able to scale higher uh, with, with being able to, you know, offload that, you know, a lot of that stuff to GPU, um, you know, just, just, you know, before you even get into the, the video side of it. So guys, there's a couple topics to bring up here. One is most people don't realize that every physical computer or PC they're using has a graphics acceleration in it, whether again, it's system board integrated or whether it's uh, outside the system board. Um, it, it's also good to point out that um, most people today don't use graphics enhancement in their virtual desktops and their users don't know any different because they've never experienced it. I, I can tell you firsthand, if you go side by side, one with and one without, that's when all of a sudden you start noticing. I think a lot of our users have kind of just accepted the fact that when your desktop is virtual and it's over some distance or virtual just in general, let's just say virtual, there's a degraded user experience and they just have to live with it. Um, I think that's one of the things that, that we as a group have to make sure we educate people on that it doesn't have to be that way because it all comes back to our, our charter in this space around EUC is you know, happy users are what we're looking to have here uh, and then we have to turn around and factor that in uh, what the cost of that would be. Ben, did you ever do any uh, testing in your previous environment and try to figure out which users could truly benefit and, and which users could go without and not realize they were going without? We actually did get this off the ground and had it implemented before I left CNSA. And so we were triggering for the doctors and particularly ones that were doing call. So, uh, you know, when, when, uh, we started today's meeting, I told you that I, I kind of could put this in the three categories of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so the good for us was those doctors that were on call that did come into a session that had a virtual GPU tied to it, they had a much more video rich experience, especially going from, you know, MRIs to x-rays, CTs and scanning across those scans. Definitely an improvement there. The, the bad of it for me, you know, honestly, is it was hard to get implemented. Uh, the NVIDIA grid software at the time, and, and I'm very interested to hear what Trevor's comments are on this in today's standards. It was, it was difficult to get running. And then the maintenance, you know, I had X number of uh, hypervisor hardware running, and we had these GPUs and these hypervisors, but I didn't have the GPUs installed in all of the hypervisor servers. So what I had to end up doing was tying specific users to specific servers so that they guaranteed those GPUs. And what I really wanted to be able to do is have them float and be contextually aware of they're inside of a trauma session, give them the GPU versus they're inside of an office session and not need it. So those are some of the things that, that I would like to hear about, you know, has that been made easier and is it, you know, easier to have it deployed amongst, you know, different, uh, different populations of users inside your environment? Does that make sense? It does. You it kind does. of want yeah. it to be dynamic. Trevor, do you want to do you want to talk through any gains that have been made there? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, there. The one thing that I would say is, I mean, you that that is possible now that wasn't not too long ago was the ability to uh, you know to be motion those those instances across cross platform. But um, you know, I think what you're saying is that you, if you if you don't if you have a stack, you know, a, a group of servers that don't have GPU, and then you have some that do, and you're trying to balance them across. Hey, I think that's a I mean, I think there's enough technology and, and features there to to accomplish it, but I I think is it going to be easier? I, I I don't think I don't I think you just need to pre you know pre-plan and plan it out a little bit differently in that scenario. We um, a lot of what we do is we we typically are you know cover that whole you know that that worker is going to be you know is is not switching back and forth from a a dedicated host but i i, I don't know that it's a, a huge a huge issue i mean cuz you can kind of break that up by you know through the delivery group layer but uh hadn't really really thought about that yeah, it's funny as we're as we're doing this podcast, my my email popped up, and one of our other vendors, a monitoring company, the title of their email, their subject line is um, "Making 2021 the Year of Employee Experience." I think you know we're all shooting for that, and and that should be our goal. At the same time, um, you know, where do we where does where do we draw the line in terms of cost? You know, Trevor, I think what I just heard you say is the plan should be to to have a holistic approach and and decide you know where you're going to put it across the spectrum. And, and different types of graphics enhancements uh, and put your users into those buckets and, and then roll with it. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think that's and, – and, and honestly, I mean, what we're talking about, we're not talking about dedicating full GPUs to, to users, right? We are – you know, we're going to – we're carving out, you know, dedicated memory um, or – you know, we're sharing that memory across the user groups and you're not typically, you know, you have to, you know, one of the things you have to figure out is how, how many users are you going to have on a team's call or doing, you know, full video at one time? You know, that's the number that you're really kind of designing around. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, but it's, I, I think a lot of people will realize, I mean, a little bit is a whole lot better than none is what you're going to find. Right. So if you can, and so I, I think just based on your, you need to design it properly. Um, but um, just from a cost, cost to benefit ratio, I mean, you can just having a little bit in there um, is going to make a whole, whole lot of difference for, you know, for those areas that we're really talking about. It's really the, yeah, hey, I'm I'm sharing a sharing my screen in Teams, or I'm watching a you know someone in Teams and um, or or playing playing back video and that that type of thing. That's that's really that's really where you're gonna. That, you just need that additional piece in the solution to really make you know make a user feel like it's a smooth experience, right? It, it kind of and I. So I, I don't think you have to, you don't have to design it. I mean, I've got, we've got customers that do like app, you know, game development um, and they need, you know, they need the full horsepower and yeah, you're going to, you're going to pay for that. And uh, that that's for this, you know, it's, it's really about setting just up leveling where you are to, to kind of meet these last, last things that are pretty crucial. 
So, so Trevor, when you meet with a new client these days, is it um, is it a conversation you you lead with and and help them understand different degrees of um, GPU enhancement, or is it something you guys kind of opt into after the conversation has gotten a little further? Well, I I think you, it used to be kind of a little once you're it's, it's kind of an educational process, right? So if they're if if we're dealing with a customer that has already is very familiar with, you know, rolling out a remote desktop type solution, um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get into that conversation about video a lot quicker. But these days, it's it's that's what everybody you know that's that's one of the one of the requirements, right? Um, that that pops up very quick, and you know whether no matter how educated the customer is, you know, around these solutions that we're talking about. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ben, you're out meeting with people all the time. Is it is this still a topic they ask you about, or or do you have to kind of bring it up to them, or is it just not talked about that much? Uh, we don't we don't run across it about much, you know. Mainly for me, it's been in education, and we've had some healthcare clients ask about it. And surprisingly, it has been around Teams and the ability to you know do on demand conferencing and also uh, telemedicine and teleradiology across Teams channels. So I think it's interesting that Trevor's you know kind of hitting the nail on the head here that Teams is going to drive some of this into the future. Trevor, have you had an environment where uh, somebody had tried to use teams to like do a hundred percent of their communication they had gotten away from the phone they were now using usb headsets and have you had an environment where you've had to deliver kind of a, a call center through teams with virtualized desktops yeah i mean that that is we we actually do have more and more customers that are wanting to you know take a shot at consolidating that the voice with uh, with teams. Um, we've got a few of those, and there's there's actually the there's actually some really you know, a lot of people have kind of shied away from from doing that with Skype, you know, for business. But with teams, they've got um, they've got these direct routing partners, um, you know, so you can partner with a you know, a traditional telecom network voice type company that has integration with uh, with teams so we're seeing we're seeing we're definitely seeing people um taking that more seriously than they have in the past but i i would say the more common scenario is they they already have another voip you know voip type solution and they have teams um and yeah some some of them are gonna you know some of them do have use cases like call centers um but you know where they have they're trying to get rid of the phone set you know that cost of the phone set for their for those agents and uh, go to a soft phone and um, and yeah it's uh, I'll tell you you know that, that, the the voice part is definitely a different a whole different conversation right it, you know GPU doesn't it's not helping doing anything for for that side of it really um, where uh, it's it's that it's that video that crushing the, the crushing video and. Uh, but I, I going back to what you just said though you haven't you know you said you haven't heard, you know you haven't had a lot of these conversations but I, you know in my and I, when I heard you say that my first reaction is well most of those customers um, think that it's it's just going to happen magically right I mean I think you you go well yeah we're rolling out a workspace and 
you hear the you hear the, yeah there's integration with teams and your and or or this particular solution that integrates with with citrix the citrix in the cvad and i think i think there's a lot of assumptions that are made um around around this um and i mean who there's a lot of sausage that you know that gets made in the in the back um to deliver you know deliver voice you know hot real-time video and voice um in these desktops but it's uh because um, a lot of it's at the, uh, as you know, I mean, we, it's at the, it's at the applica- the application layer really um, is is what determines a lot of this. Even though I have have GPU, um, it does it's not a necessarily a magic wand for every type of real time video out there, right? Or voice, you 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 have to look at you have to look at that solution and how it's delivering it as H264 or, you know, whatever the protocol is that it's using um, and seeing if, you know, seeing if it's going to meet your requirements, right? So you can't, you're not getting away from going through that exercise necessarily, but, um, you know, what we've done is we've, we've done that for our hosted, you know, some of our hosted customers and um, have come up with some really good cohesive solutions that basically are a combination of using GPU, but also using, um, you know, the optimizations that come with Citrix natively. So with the team's optimization, um, you know, like ring central optimization. And as you know, a lot of those, you know, those tools that are that have been there and been been around for a while, a lot of them have been, um, are doing re, you know that redirection and super superimposing that video and um, they're great, but they have some limitations. So what we've come, you know, what what we've done is we've taken those optimizations, we've cut, we combine them with being able to take and share GPU physical GPU memory out to to this this user base and and come up with a you know some really great solutions that are cohesive and they work right um and i we've uh so so we get pretty excited about it it's not i I don't i don't want to overstate it that it's a magic wand and that you know but because it is there is a lot of complexities when you get into this um but if you can lay out your solutions um that you're going to be using for VoIP and um you know your your top top five you know video or real-time video use uses um you know we a lot of times we can cover cover the majority of that you know between the two those two items that i mentioned does that make sense and guys, I'm I'm sorry to keep bringing this back to my automotive uh, examples, but I, I really do like what we're talking about here and, and the concept of it's become more cost effective. It's gotten more integrated. You never know when you're going to need it. I, you know, I one of my many cars is a, a Ford that has an EcoBoost engine, and you know, you're talking about a an F-150 or a Ford Expedition, a, a large car that you don't really need that. That you need that power when you need it, or maybe it's a you know a sedan of some type. But it's almost become normal not to throw in a big V8 or something larger uh, and just to have, you know, just the power of the turbo as you need it. Um, I guess I'm kind of talking myself out of it as I say that because at the same time, you know, the the, the, the idea of you can't just – I guess going back to Ben's comment a while ago, it would be super awesome if you could just throw in – at the time you need it, the graphics acceleration, 
but I guess we're at a point where, just like with my car example, you've got to have it. You've got to have it there all the time. You just got to make it cost effective and efficient and integrated as much as possible, and know that it's there when you need it. Am I making sense with this? Well, yeah. One of my questions for Trevor is: is what's the delivery model look like? So you know, let's say let's take my old company that I work for, and let's say you know I've got. 50 power users that I need to make sure every time I deliver a desktop to them, I want it to be a, you know, GPU rich VDI session, but I don't want to own that. I want to come to a company like Zintegra and have you deliver to that to me through a cloud model. You know, what, what does that look like? What does, how's that conversation sound to customers? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, so there, there's a there's a couple um, couple vehicles that that we typically go with. So we have our um, our hosted solution, our DAS solution that uh, we have um, that we leverage Equinix for for, for a business and a provider. Um, but um, but yeah, so we that, that's definitely something that we can we can provide, right? And um, then the other the other um, one that is very you know a lot of people are are heading to the public cloud, right? And in some form you know some level or form or fashion, and um, we're a big Microsoft partner and Azure partner. And so what's cool about what Azure just released not not too long ago was uh, their their NV instances that have AMD GPU in them. And I'll tell you what, I mean, it's uh, if you you look at the cost of those compared to, you know, some of the, the previous GPU enabled VMs and it's I mean, it really looks attractive. Right. And I, I don't. And so if you're. Um, when you get into a cost cost scenario, if you you are you want to do full VDI with GPU in the public cloud, it, it is definitely reasonable um, from a from a cost perspective to to do it. You know, when when leveraging some of these new instance types. So, yeah, I mean, that's, um, there, there's 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 just good good option you know good options now. It's not uh, and and that goes and, and the one thing about that that scenario is that you can you know you can you can turn it off right so and you can have you know mix mix instance types and um you, you know it can be multi well for azure anyways you can do multi windows multi-session windows 10 um in that whole mix as well so lots of so lots andy of what's going to be <laughs> What's going to be neat to see with this in the next couple of years is, you know, right now everybody's talking about voice over IP and call centers being done with voice. We're going to get to the point that it's going to be, you know, video call centers and you're going to have video calls coming in through teams and they'll be queued up. And while the user's waiting on an agent, they'll be, you know, streamed a video about the company or about the product or, you know, streamed to a website. So it's going to be really exciting to see, but to everybody's point on the call here, as those services come to market and there'll be subscription services, there'll be a demand on the back end to deliver 
that high definition video experience that they'll need. And then what will also be neat is the transferability to be able to take that from a full fledged desktop device with a large monitor like I'm looking at now down to my seven inch mobile device and it not miss a click. You know, the experience is still the same. The real estate of the of the screen is smaller, but the experience itself should stay the same as we bebop back and forth between all these various devices that we're going to be using in the future. So exciting stuff, man. I, I, uh, I appreciate your comments on the teams that you got me thinking about things that I had not thought about before. And, and honestly, I need to go back to some of my clients that I've talked to over the last couple of months and start to investigate more about what their team strategy is and how they're going to be using team strategy. So I also uh, appreciate that from a partner level, man, I've got some work I need to do to maybe do some more prospecting with some of my clients. I got one, Ben, I got, I got one, I got one tip for you that we found in our, uh, and all this with specifically around teams. Um, so you've got the optimization, right? With, with Citrix for teams, um, which does the offloading of it. If you've got the, if you've got an, a supported endpoint for that, you're, you know, you can, um, you can get pretty far with, with that. But what we have found, um, is that when everything, everything works great in that scenario, but once you go to share your screen in a team's meeting, like, it's tip, very typical, right? That, for some reason, that's where that op, um, that redirection doesn't really cover that. And so, the G, but we found that GPU handles that that piece of it and just kind of smooths off the edge of, of that that part of it, and you you now have you know a full fully workable solution. So, you know, and that, that might be something that gets covered in the redirection, but, you know, another element I just mentioned is the endpoint, right? So that's another, another factor and, you know, what, what you, what options are on the table for you. Um, so, but yeah, there's back to you, Ben. Yeah, there's, there's, we, you know, so there's Trevor, definitely a discussion to revisit with your customers for sure. Trevor, and I'll just keep running with this car analogy, right? The, the offloading stuff to me, if, you, if you're lucky and you have everything, everything is in the right place at the right time, you know, kind of kind of going back to the car analogy of you, know, you just have to be going down a hill when you go to pass somebody, that's great. Uh, but if you want to control your own destiny, right, you got to have that horsepower just kind of waiting in the back end, ready to be used across the spectrum of users. That's kind of what we've come to. Now, we, we know there's a cost there, and we have to advise customers on doing that the right way under the right cost model. And it could be that they just can't afford it. Uh, but if you can, that snappy user, that snappy reproducible, uh, reproducible user experience is what we really should be you know, kind of gunning for here, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... That's yeah. That's that's really our you know our, our mission you know and that's uh, you know I think for, for, I think in the past it, it, it as much as it should have been it uh, I think there's you know Citrix has got a bad name because there's you know we we haven't really you know as an industry done a done a great job making sure that that was the case but. I, but there is the new tech with new came talk with the new technology that's out there. I I think that we just have a great. I'm I'm excited because I've been doing this since the late '90s. That they, we have really what we need in order to to truly deliver on it. Um, you know, there's 
It's not perfect, but there it is so far along. I think you're you're close close enough to uh, closer than you've ever been to kind of a a normal P, local PC experience or better. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I think we've we've covered it in detail here, and I think we've kind of left people going, hey, I don't know the exact answer, but I, I definitely know I need to think about it. Uh, ben, anything else before we uh, before we let you guys go here regarding this topic or anything else? No, I'm uh, I'm excited to go back through and see how I can extend the conversation with customers, and uh, I think this is great, man. This is an awesome conversation, and I think the the you know where what the future lies with teams, and you know all the conversations we've had around teams is just a just an exciting time to be in IT and an exciting time to be working for Citrix. Yeah, it's, it's like Trevor was pointing out a minute ago between graphics processing and optimized server workloads and offloading and the protocols have gotten amazing. Um, you know, we're, we're closer to ever to be able to knock out every piece of what's needed to make this happen in, in almost every use case. And I'll, I'll add one other piece of that too. Uh, you know, we started all this, I started all this in 15K dial-up modems. You know, I've got so much more bandwidth and so much less latency these days to work with. You know, it's just, it's kind of the right time for this to, to really just continue to soar and then factor in this crazy pandemic thing it's caused more and more people to look at this. Um, you know, the, the driver is there for sure. Hey, Trevor, how about you? Anything else you want to bring up? Yeah, I, I think I'm good. I mean, we ha I just, uh, yeah, I'd love to. I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know, it's definitely something I'm passionate about for sure. So. I'm going to throw one in for you. We probably have a few listeners out there still that uh, have 6.5 environments. Trevor and his team have done a really good job being able to support uh, legacy Citrix environments, people still running 6.5 as they try to move on to the next versions. Um, that's something Trevor and his team have a good history of, and if that's something you're interested in, definitely reach out to, to us and, and let us know we can help you with that. Uh, but with that, guys, I'll let you go. I'm, I'm off to the airport. I'm going to go on my uh, got a business trip. Going to fly somewhere. Uh, it's been only two or three times since March, but uh, got a got a no. Uh, n have have no choice. So I'm going to be uh, up in Maryland setting up a bunch of IGEL units for a customer who has a campus is going to open back up in January. So uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Man, that's good luck. Uh, yeah. I, man, you got you got someone to accept your offer, Andy. That's that's awesome. That's uh, man. There's uh, well, actually that's good. The, the truth of this one is we couldn't find anybody else to go do it. I am I am literally along with my uh, Bill, who normally joins us. Bill and I are going to be deploying 50 IGEL units in a new building at uh, on campus of a university uh, the next two days. And the reality was we just couldn't get anybody else to do it because nobody else could travel. So here we go. Wow. Whatever it takes. Wow, well, yeah. I just got back from Charleston last week, man, so I'm, I'm there with you. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, well, thanks for the time. I appreciate the topic, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Have a good one, Andy. Be safe. Thank you for listening to The Citrix Session with your hosts, 
Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton. A special thanks to our guest for attending today's podcast. Podcast produced by Pete Downing. For any input or if you'd like to be a part of our podcast, please email us at info at Zentegra.com. Please head over to Zentegra.com forward slash podcast to listen to all podcasts in this series. This podcast is copyrighted by Zentegra LLC. Thank you.